neurobiology of it. It's an antidote to depression. It's an antidote to anxiety. Let's talk about gratitude for a moment through through this uh, through this prism. There and and I've and I've, I'm not a uh, I'm not a scientist, so I've depended here on a lot of our uh, pregame research. We're blessed to have. Um, our producer is a, a clinical psychologist and knows a lot more about this than, than I do. But let's, let's, let me try to give kind of a layman's, uh, perspective. So how does, how do grat, how does gratitude and the brain, uh, connect? So there are, gratitude fosters cognitive restructuring, literally, in the brain. It, 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 wires and fires new neural connections to what some scientists call our bliss center. In strictly scientific terms, experiencing gratitude and expressing thanks enhances dopamine and serotonin. These are the neurotransmitters in the brain that are responsible for happiness. Various studies show that experiencing gratitude reduces fear and anxiety by regulating our stress. Hormones. Gratitude and the brain is there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that we could talk about, but I'm going to try to again express it in, in layman's view. There are two wonderful psychologists who have written kind of to the layman on this subject: Dr. Robert Emmons and and Dr. Michael McCullough from the University of, of California and Miami, respectively, California Davis and University of Miami. They've done a lot of research on gratitude, and in one study, they asked all participants to write a few sentences each week focusing on particular topics. And listen to this. One group in the study wrote about things they were grateful for that occurred during the week. The second group wrote about daily irritations or things that had displeased them during the week. And a third group wrote about events that had affected them with no emphasis on whether it was positive or negative. Okay, so one group wrote about things they were basically grateful for and happy for. Another group wrote about things that they were they basically fetching, writing about things that were annoying them. And the third group trying to be as neutral as possible about the recounting of their week. After 10 weeks, these psychologists, Emmons and McCullough, analyzed the effect on the brains of the of the participants and and also through therapeutic modalities. After only ten weeks, those who wrote about gratitude were more optimistic, felt better about their lives. Surprisingly they also exercised exercised physically more. They had fewer visits to statistically to physicians. And those who focused more on sources of aggravation exercised less and had more doctor's visits. Another leading researcher in the field of gratitude in the brain, Dr. Martin Seligman, who's a psychologist at the University of Pennsylvania, tested the impact of various positive psychological interventions on over 400 people, each compared with like a control assignment of writing about their memories. Within their week's assignment was to write and personally deliver a letter of gratitude to someone who had never been properly thanked for his or her kindness in their lives. And those who participated and did this, as opposed to the control group who didn't, immediately exhibited a huge increase in scientific happiness scores. 
The impact was greater than any other intervention that Dr. Seligman had observed with these uh, subjects. And the benefits were enduring as long as the subjects continued to express gratitude. Neural mechanisms that are responsible for feelings of gratitude have grabbed a lot of attention in recent years. Studies have demonstrated at the brain level, moral judgments involving feelings of gratefulness are invoked in a certain part of the brain. And people, and get this, guys, this is the most amazing part, I think, of the pregame research. People who express and feel gratitude literally have bigger brains. They have a higher volume of gray matter in the right inferior temporal gyrus, which I, which is a, a key part of the brain in terms of how we process emotions and interact with others. Basically, people express gratitude. If you want to dumb it down, no pun intended, have greater emotional intelligence, are more connected to others and more and happier. When we express gratitude and when we receive gratitude, as I said, our brain releases dopamine and serotonin. And these two crucial neurotransmitters are responsible for all of our emotions that make us feel good. It's why people run. You know, it's why people do exercise. It's why people feel good after having sex. It's why people feel good after taking ter- certain drugs. Dopamine and serotonin. Well, you know what? You can get a natural high by expressing gratitude. It enhances your mood immediately. It makes us feel happy from the inside. By consciously practicing gratitude every day, we can help these neural pathways and strengthen ourselves and ultimately create a permanent, grateful, and positive nature within ourselves. Okay, so that's my little polemic about gratitude. And you clinical psychologists and biologists and neuroscientists out there, write in and tell me what I got wrong. There's a lot more we could talk about, by the way. The fact that there's a lot of studies that show that gratitude gets rid of toxic emotions, which we go into, but it also reduces pain. There's various scientific studies around this. Uh, I'll give you one little uh, snippet. 16% of patients who kept a gratitude journal in, this is a, a Harvard Medical School study, reported reduced pain symptoms and were more willing to work out and cooperate with their treatment procedure when they're very sick. So there's a lot of, been a lot of studies around gratitude and pain as well. But why is it so hard for us to feel this in our daily lives? Speaking for myself, it's hard to admit, but I think I spend more time complaining than giving thanks. I'm constantly catching to others, to myself, and even to God about the fact that I missed an appointment or someone who was supposed to do a contract on time didn't come through or a person I thought had cared about me forgot about my birthday or an important event in my life. I t- when you don't experience gratitude, you also tend to put the blame on others. Oh, this person doesn't love me. They're not in touch. Is it them that's not in touch or is it me that's not in touch? And yet, and little newsflash, is of course a Jewish show. You're welcome to listen and participate if you're not Jewish, but we're on a Jewish network. And how do these lessons tie into our Jewish life? 
I tend to think, and we're going to take our first break in a moment, we're going to come back and talk more about gratitude through a religious prism, but let me also open up and, and be vulnerable. I have often felt that Judaism, my faith, is a religion of fetching, <laughs> a religion of complaining. We seem to always, um, through debate, through analyzing uh, text, by criticizing the observances, that the rituals and observances that we could always do better, it always seems like that we're being critical of ourselves and our others. But I think that, in fact, our faith, Judaism, my faith, is one that is built on the foundation of gratitude. In fact, the prayer that you first learn as a child, Modeani, is a prayer of thanks. Modeani lefanecha, melechai vekayom sheherzarta binishmati beemla rabba munatecha. It's when you first wake up in the morning, you give thanks. And in fact, grammatically, it would be ani modei. But you say, Modei Ani, you say, thanks, I. You don't say, I give thanks. Thanks, I give. Because thanks comes even before us. Do you know that the, the, the root word for Jew, Yehuda, Yehudi, is also comes from the word gratitude, to give thanks. Our, if you think about the, the most beautified, just mentioned the, probably the most common prayer and the one we learned the earliest as a child, the wake, the, the Jewish prayer of waking up, but I would say, some may disagree, that the most beautiful prayer in our faith is Dayenu. Dai Dayenu, Dai Dayenu, Dai Dayenu, Dayenu, Dayenu. This prayer is even deeper than just giving thanks. It's a recognition that even if we don't have the next thing, what we have is enough. Even if, God, you had just given me that, it would have been enough. I'm overflowing with abundance. I have the next thing. Not only can I do I have food on my table, I have a roof above my head. Not only do I have a roof above my head, I have someone who loves me. Not only do I have someone who loves me, I have my health. Not only do I have my health, I have a beautiful child. Not only do I have a beautiful child, I have a beautiful child who's doing good things in this world. Each would have been enough. So I changed my view. Now, this has been helped by many of our guests over time. I think that our faith is one that is built on gratitude. Is this true of the other Abrahamic faiths? I don't know. We'll get into that in a little bit after our next break. It certainly seems to imbue the Eastern traditions. Participate in this show by sending by text or WhatsApp your reflections on gratitude. What are you thankful for right now in your life? Surprise us. Be raw. Be authentic. Be vulnerable. It doesn't have to sound good. SMS or WhatsApp, 917-428-4062. That's 917-428-4062. Send in, either anonymously or with your name, 
your reflections on gratitude. We'll start to get into those as well in the next segment. You can also call and participate live. Give it to me. Tell me what you're grateful for tonight. Tell me what you're not grateful for. Tell me what you're upset about. The number to call if you want to be live on the air is 718-303-9090. That's 718-303-9090. We'll be right back with Thanksgiving Equal Footing Edition. A beautiful song. Equal Footing has been beautifully brought to you over the years by DocuVax. I am thankful to DocuVax. I'm a user of DocuVax. It's a really easy-to-use digital locker that's accessible on your laptop or smartphone. It allows you to safely store and validate all of your basic medical information, your immunization records, your lab results, your x-rays, MRIs, allergy information, etc. Gone are the days of losing time tracking down your old medical records or sharing test results with a new healthcare provider. The DocuVac system covers over 60 different important elements of your medical profile. Like I said, vaccines, even pre-screenings like colorectal exams and pre-cancer screenings like breast cancer screenings blood type information. Okay, how do you sign up for DocuVax? Well, first of all, it's really inexpensive. It's $6.99 per month. You can go to DocuVax.com or you can download the DocuVax app on your smartphone. That's D-O-C-U-V-A-X, D-O-C-U-V-A-X on your Android or iPhone device. And when you're a DocuVax subscriber, you can privately access all of your medical records from a secure HIPAA-compliant digital storage facility on your phone. It's easy to download. You can send it in a PDF or JPEG or a file, whatever. But here's the best part. As a subscriber, medical professionals, doctors and nurses, are on call for you 24 hours a day to validate your vaccine records, your blood tests, or anything else in your medical locker and give you a reference to a specialist without unnecessarily spending money with a general practitioner, even on Thanksgiving. 365 days a year. So put an end to worrying if you or someone you care about is up to date on a particular vaccine, blood test, or important preventative screening. Take control of your medical file. Sign up at DocuVax.com or download the DocuVax app. That's D-O-C-U-V-A-X. If you're a small business or a school or something and you want to sponsor employees or students to get a DocuVax Subscription, you can get group discounts if you mention you heard about it on Equal Footing by calling 833-859-1933. That's 833-859-1933 for DocuVax group discounts. Operators are standing by. I've been You're back on Equal Footing. This is Dove Tuzman, just me tonight, and you listeners have a lot of wonderful sharings already of gratitude. We're going to get into those in a minute. But you all know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, that I do embrace a little controversy, I think, 
it's really a function of just wanting to see things from all angles. So I do feel obliged to burst the Thanksgiving myth for a moment in terms of what the holiday, how the holiday came into being. And then we'll come back to what I think is wonderful about this holiday, and that is experiencing gratitude, being reminded to be, therefore, more connected to the people that we love. And it's great for, as we talked about in the first segment, mental, physical, health, etc. Now, Thanksgiving, and I'm not going to be, I'm going to try to avoid, I probably will be, but I'm going to try to avoid being pedantic. But Thanksgiving is a holiday that presumably memorializes, uh, celebrates a uh, meeting in the early 17th century between the pilgrims, the uh, English settlers, and a, and a native tribe in uh, modern-day Massachusetts. Uh, and presumably this was a, a celebration of friendship um, and... Uh, and it was a, a welcoming of, of, of coexistence and a, of gratitude one for the other. Now, such a meeting almost certainly never took place. Uh, the, the, what was much more likely to have actually, actually taken place by the pilgrims in the early 17th century, um, in, in 1637 was a day that celebrated the colonists slaughtering hundreds of uh, men, women, and children from the Pequot tribe in what is now Mystic, Connecticut. Most historians now believe that that is actually the origin of Thanksgiving. Uh, pretty horrid. Our myth about Thanksgiving really is thanks to President Abraham Lincoln, who during the Civil War in 1863 kind of um, rewrote the narrative and gave us what we currently think of as this first Thanksgiving of Plymouth in the early 17th century when the Wampanoag tribe uh, sat down with English settlers in Plymouth. Again, probably never happened. Now, does it matter that it never happened? I think it does, and I know that I have some listeners that uh, that will be upset with me about it. I do think that history matters, facts matter, and, uh, and understanding how this could be offensive to some in our community is... Um, in our human community is worth thinking about. Uh, these, what we call European settlers are really colonists and, uh, and massacred a lot of the folks who are already living in North America. And the idea that somehow history began and the colonists arrived is not, is not really fair. Now, having said that, I'm not going to dwell on that. We could do a whole show in the history of Thanksgiving. Abraham Lincoln's exhortation to the American people in a time of civil war, and we're not in a time of civil war, but we are in a time of great civil strife, I think resonates to today. And and it was later codified by Ulysses S. Grant and then ultimately by FDR and ultimately by Congress after World War II, and it is one of the most important holidays and arguably the most important American holiday, actually, because it's not tied to a particular ethnic or religious group. It's our only true shared secular holiday that we can all celebrate. Although I will give a little footnote, and I've mentioned this in previous years, that as the son of, of really immigrants on both sides, first generation and second generation, on father and mother's side, respectively, I, I always thought I, I always felt that I was uh, got the short end of the stick when it came to Thanksgiving. I didn't really um, feel like we knew how to celebrate it properly. And I, I, that's been reinforced in later years as I've tried to pass down the Thanksgiving generation, the Thanksgiving tradition, rather, across the generations. So I'm always, uh, I'm always humbled as well by the Thanksgiving celebration. I would feel a little bit like an outsider, but it is a beautiful, it's a beautiful holiday in its meaning, despite its 
dark past. Okay, I'm going to continue to lean into controversy. Before we went to break, I was talking about how Judaism, in my view, is founded to many, in many respects on thanksgiving, on gratitude. Um, even, even baracha, the word for blessing, comes from the root word for knee, the physical uh, part of our anatomy. And the idea is that every time you're doing a blessing, you're kind of bending your knee in gratitude. All of our blessings all day long, and there are a lot of them that we do multiple times per day, are all focused really, if you think about it, on giving thanks. Now, I'm not a rabbi, I'm not a theologian, but I, uh, I, what do they say? I, I play one on TV. No, I, no, I, I interact with a lot of, of, a lot of rabbis and, and theologians, and I think there's, there's some consensus on this. I think there is a consensus on this point. Now, is the same true in Christianity? I'm even further from being a reverend or a pastor, but I will say that in the pregame research for this show, I came to the conclusion that Christianity isn't, is not as based on thanksgiving, on gratitude, as Judaism is. It seems the, the prayers tend to be much more about a pact, about an agreement of belief, an artifice of faith. You accept someone as your savior. You pray to a God in heaven. Um, and I don't mean to denigrate in any way. It just seems on the face of it that the prayers themselves tend to be more about sealing a contract than giving thanks without condition. Someone correct me, please, one of our wonderful Christian listeners. Now, I will say that the Eastern faith, which if you've been listening to this show over time, you know I'm quite enamored with. I took a, dear to, a detour. Some of our Jewish listeners would say I was off the derrick. It was part of an important part of my spiritual life. When I was 18, I went to live in an ashram in India and, uh, you know, took basically vows of monkhood, decided that's what I wanted to do with my life. And this was partly driven by some uh, books that I read as a preteen, as a teen. Siddhartha by Herman Hess, which I've advocated for reading whatever faith you belong to. I've mentioned on the show before. Uh, a show by, a, a show, a book by Swami Muktananda. It's come out of a disgraced, at this point, uh, guru, but had a lot of wonderful things to say. He wrote a book, uh, I think I'm getting the title right, Getting Rid of What You Haven't Got. Or that, that book impacted me. Um, the idea that, that we can, it's kind of a, a Quranic idea, a Buddhist idea, it's a Hindu idea that asceticism, the letting go of what we don't need brings us closer to God. The thank, thanking, thanking God for the basics, so to speak, that I think is really part of our Jewish faith as well. But in the Eastern faith of Hinduism and then Buddhism, which is, of course, an offshoot of Hinduism, uh, it, it's really core, the idea of letting go and giving thanks for even the, the smallest morsel uh, and kind of letting go of, of, of anything that's not needed. Now, on that note, I'd like to play a, an audio clip on gratitude by the Sadguru, a wonderful Eastern teacher. Let's see if we can cue that up. Most of the humans have become very unthankful. That's because their focus on what they don't have has become more powerful than the focus on what they have. 
In other words, their focus is on the wrong direction. If we keep counting how many things we have to be thankful for, do you think we will be able to count them? But somewhere we believe that uh, whatever we have is worthless and what others have is worth having. Hence, we keep looking for what others have and try to achieve it. In, in the process of achieving what others have, we have become blind to our own gifts. Are you breathing right now? Do you have enough food to eat every day? Do you have your parents? Do you have a house to live in? Do you have any friends? Are you able to earn some sort of income? Do you live in a country where you can live with peace and harmony? If your answers to all these questions is yes, you have a lot to be thankful for. It is just that you have become blind to your own gifts. You must know that there are many people who can't breathe properly, who do not have food to eat every day. They don't have a place to live in. They have no friends at all. And most importantly, they don't have their parents. So let us do one thing right in the morning when we wake up. So suppose tomorrow morning you wake up. You know every day nearly a quarter million people die on this planet. Simple natural death. A quarter million people died today too. But you did not. So tomorrow morning if you wake up, if you wake up, give yourself one big smile. And if quarter million people died today, at least two to three million people lost somebody who were dear to them. So you check those three or four people who are very important in your life. Are all of them alive? One more big smile. See, you need to understand this, that your family, your money, your country, or so many other things have become important only and only because you are alive right now. If you were not alive, would all these things matter? None of the things matter because you, not, not even you would matter because you are not alive. So, being alive itself is more than sufficient to be thankful. We will be right back on Equal Footing, talking about gratitude. Footing with Dove Tuzman is sponsored by MDCS Dermatology, your experts in skincare. With two Manhattan locations and four offices in Long Island, including Plainview and Comac, 
The dermatologists and skincare surgeons at MDCS are proud to be affiliated with the Albert Einstein College of Medicine and New York Presbyterian Hospital. So schedule your next skin exam in one of MDCS's convenient New York area locations. To make an appointment, go to www.mdcs.live or call 212-661-DERM. That's 212-661-3376. You can even schedule a virtual video visit with MDCS's board-certified dermatologists from the comfort and safety of your own home. So go to www.mdcs.live or call 212-661-3376. And don't forget to mention Equal Footing for 15% off all cosmetic procedures. Tasman, you're on equal footing. It's Thanksgiving. We are giving thanks. We're going to go into reciting gratitude. We've gotten a lot of great texts from listeners. Thank you. Keep them coming. You can text SMS or WhatsApp to 917-428-4062. Here are, before we do that, seven scientifically proven benefits of gratitude. Number one, gratitude opens the door to more relationships. According to a 2014 study published in the scientific journal Emotion, it found that thanking thanking a new acquaintance makes them more likely to seek an ongoing relationship. So whether you thank a stranger for holding the door or send a thank you note to that colleague who helped you with the project, Acknowledging other people's contributions can lead to new opportunities and relationships. Number two, gratitude improves your physical health. Grateful people experience fewer aches and pains and report feeling healthier than other people. According to a 2012 study published in the scientific journal, Personality and Individual Differences. Not surprisingly, grateful people are also more likely to take care of their health. They exercise more often. They're more likely to attend regular medical checkups, and they're likely to live longer lives. Number three, gratitude improves psychological health. I mentioned this study earlier by the psychologist Dr. Robert Emmons at the University of California, Davis. Gratitude reduces a multitude of toxic emotions from envy and resentment to frustration and regret. The the connection between gratitude and well-being is well-established over decades of neuroscience. Number four, gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Grateful people are more likely to behave in a pro-social manner, even when others behave less kindly to them. This is according to a 2012 2012 scientific peer-reviewed study at the University of Kentucky. Study participants who ranked higher on gratitude skills were less likely to retaliate against others, even when given negative feedback by others. They experienced more sensitivity and empathy and have a decreased desire to seek revenge. Number five, and this is a really important one for me to hear, and by the way, There are a whole bunch of studies that reinforce this this one. Number five, get ready. Grateful people sleep better. Writing in a gratitude journal improves sleep. Various studies show this, including a 2011 study published in Applied Psychology. Spend 15 minutes 
at some point in the day, jotting down a few grateful sentiments, and you will sleep better and longer. Number six, gratitude improves self-esteem. A 2014 study published in the same medical journal, the Journal of Applied, oh, sorry, this is a different one, the Journal of Applied Sports Psychology found that gratitude increased professional athletes and amateur athletes' self-esteem, which is an essential component proven to be connected with optimal performance. Many studies have shown that gratitude reduces our social comparison with other people. Unless of what are they doing? How am I doing compared to them? So instead of becoming resentful toward people that have more money or better jobs or you perceive to have better home life, which are major factors in reduced self-esteem, comparing ourselves to other grateful people are able to appreciate other people's accomplishments and reap joy. Hey, another advertisement for Judaism. You know what we call that in Judaism? Shepping Nachas. It's the joy we feel from others' joy, and it's said to be greater than the joy we experience from accomplishments in our own life the joy we reap from others' accomplishments. Okay, number seven, gratitude increases mental strength, mental fortitude and resilience. For years, research has shown gratitude not only reduces stress, but it plays a major role in overcoming trauma. A 2006 study published in Behavioral Research and Therapy found that Vietnam War veterans with higher levels of gratitude experienced lower levels of post-traumatic stress disorder. A 2003 study published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology found that gratitude was a major contributor to resilience following survivors of the terrorist attack on September 11th. Recognizing that you, what you have to be thankful for even during the worst of times, fosters resilience and strength. Okay, I'm done advertising gratitude. But I'll tell you, and I will open up at, before the end of the show, I promise, on some of the, how do I put this, the things that I feel grateful in my life for that I'm really shy and feel vulnerable to share. But I'm going to do that because gratitude enhances mental strength. I am a believer in gratitude. I'm more of a believer in gratitude than almost anything. I think that itself is a gratitude itself is a God belief. It is at the foundation of our faith. If you're feeling gratitude, you don't have room. You just don't have room for other negative emotions and feelings and resentments and fears and anxieties that drag us down. All right. So let me share. Let me get to the page where I can see some of these that have come through. This is where you, listeners, get to participate. And I'm just going to read these. I'm not going to edit a single word. You know, sometimes I do that. When we get texts in during the show, I try to edit it down. And I think I'm doing a better job with content. But usually I'm not making it worse. So here we go. <clears throat> okay, I'm just going to randomly pick one. Jonathan. Jonathan. From Vale, writes, Hi, Dove. Thank you for the opportunity to share what I'm thankful for with you. I have a lot to be grateful for, but only choosing one thing, my parents' health is top of mind. I just got to my hometown, New Orleans, to spend the holiday with my family. My father is sick in bed with COVID. Neither of my parents has caught the illness until now. Thankfully, it looks like my father will pull through just fine. I attribute a lot of this to the fact that he is in great shape for his age. 
My parents are in their mid-70s, but function more like they're 10 years younger. I'm thankful they're healthy because that equates to more time for me with them. I don't mean to sound morbid, but it has shifted my reality about coming to terms with aging parents. I'm prioritizing time with them and doing what I can to make these moments as valuable as possible. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I hope you and your family are having a wonderful day. That's from Jonathan in Vail, Colorado. Let's read another one. David in Florida. Don't know where in Florida. Just says David from Florida. I would say that something I'm especially grateful for at this moment would be my beautiful wife. Bravo, David. Lauren has been extremely supportive with all of my decisions and desires. Eight years later, she continues to love and support me unconditionally. She is the perfect example of what a mother should be. That's from David in Florida. Sarah in New York writes, I am grateful that my parents got the U.S. visa and are with me this Thanksgiving and end-of-year holidays. As an immigrant, I don't really celebrate Thanksgiving. Sarah, <laughs> I shared that as well. I always feel like the outsider at Thanksgiving. I'm probably a comp- overcompensating with this show. Sorry, Sarah. I'm going to go back to what you wrote. As an immigrant, I don't really celebrate Thanksgiving, but I am so thankful to be united with my family and not be alone. I'm going to keep going. Is this inspiring? You send in a gratitude or just write it down for yourself. Okay. Christina in Brooklyn writes, I am very grateful for my amazing boyfriend. After years of struggling with dating, I finally found a person that brings me up, not down. I'm filled with so much gratitude for the world and everyone around me. I only hope to maintain this state of mind for as long as possible. Life is beautiful and you are loved. My wish for all of your listeners is to have unconditional love in their lives. Christina from Brooklyn, that's beautiful. You can send in a gratitude even right now for the show ends. Text or WhatsApp it to 917-428-4062. And to prove that we're doing this live, I am going to read one that just came in because I saw an alert on my phone. And, yes, I'm going to get to you, caller, that's patiently waiting in a moment. Okay, just got an alert. April, April from Pennsylvania, right? I am grateful for new awareness, growth, and opportunities throughout this past year. I'm grateful for my five amazing children and my first granddaughter, Aurora. Bravo, Grandma April. I'm grateful for the risks I took and the dedication I give to myself and my loved ones. I love that, the dedication you give to yourself. I'm grateful for the ability to thrive and the grit to do so. Bravo. And as always, and this will show that we don't edit on equal footing, we're willing to say it like it is. And as always, I'm grateful for good coffee, good weed, and good company. (laughs) That's April from Upstate. Another one uh, just came in. Amanda from Phoenix. I am grateful to have the opportunity to serve and impact thousands of people that don't have the privileges I was given. You know, I was on a plane today and to, from New York to Cartagena, and I was exhausted. It was an early morning flight. I missed the flight the day before. I was frustrated, exhausted. I was in my fetching self, and I have a terrible time sleeping on planes. I knew I was going to have to you know, do this show later, and I was excited about it, but I, I, I don't work well on low sleep, and so I was really grumpy. And I was sitting in a window seat, and there was a woman sitting in the middle seat next to me. And there was another woman next to her with a tiny baby, I'd say four or five months old. Beautiful, 
the trip was a little difficult for that uh, little infant. So there was a lot of crying going on in that row, the row behind us. And the woman in the middle seat was journaling. And she was crunched and right next to the screaming baby, a little bit removed from me. I was in a complaining state of mind. And after about an hour and a half, I couldn't say I was reading. I greeted her, introduced myself. And within a couple of minutes, she asked me, out of the blue, she asked me what I was reading. It was a spiritual book related to the show. So I, I, I mentioned that. And I guess that made her feel comfortable asking a spiritual question. She said, do you feel like you're fulfilling your purpose? And I'm grateful to you. I don't remember your, I know the first name, but it was a complicated name. You said, call you D. So D, who sat next to me in the middle seat on the JetBlue flight from New York to Cartagena today, I'm grateful for you saying that because that's what I want to do every day is feel connected to my purpose. We've got a lot of great sharings that have, that have come in. I should have got to this earlier in the show. We have a caller. Please stay in the line. We're going to take our last break. We'll take some, some voicemails we've gotten, a caller, and get to some more sharings. Thanksgiving on Equal Footing. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Okay. So, Equal Footing has been brought to you by a lot of different sponsors over, over the years. Manhattan Medical has come to us more recently in the last year. Great loyal sponsor that embraces the ethos of this show, and that is to address difficult topics head on and try to provide some sort of solace or solution. What does Manhattan Medical address? Erectile dysfunction. You don't have to be embarrassed about it. It's nothing to be ashamed about. It affects about two-thirds of men in their lifetime. It can affect your ability to have enjoyable sex. It can affect the emotional well-being of couples. Manhattan Medical utilizes a new effective therapy for erectile dysfunction that can help you achieve excellent results. No expensive blue pills. It's non-invasive. It's surgery-free. It's painless. Manhattan Medical's Gains Wave Therapy has been around for a long time in Europe, more recently in Canada, and now it is available in the United States, but it is proven. You don't have to be in Manhattan. You don't have to be in New York. You don't have to be uh, in person. You can do a teleconsult with Manhattan Medical from anywhere in the United States to help address your uh, erectile dysfunction issues. Call 888-EDQR9. That's 888 888- EDQR9 or in numbers 888-332-8739. I want to emphasize Manhattan Medical does not rely on those blue pills that are expensive that a lot of people can't use because of comorbidities and side effects. It is an enduring therapy and it has over 90% success rate over the long term addressing erectile dysfunction. Call now. Manhattan Medical 888-332-8739. Three nine. If you mentioned that you heard about Manhattan Medical's ED therapy on equal footing, you get a free consult. That is a two hundred fifty dollar value. So call Manhattan Medical eight 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 three three two eight seven three nine. We're back on equal footing, and we're talking about gratitude. We are sharing listeners' gratitudes. I'm going to share a difficult one that I just got permission to share. Someone had written, but it was unclear whether she was okay with me saying it on the air. 
this is a person who shared that uh, Thanksgiving is uh, extremely difficult, if not the most difficult day of the year for her in a certain sense, because uh, she was sexually assaulted as an 18-year-old on on Thanksgiving by uh, someone that was close to the family, and it's um, caused a life journey of uh, healing and PTSD. I'm just going to read what Hannah writes. It's been a journey that I can say that I enjoyed my last Thanksgiving, and I'm actually looking forward to this one. Uh, this still comes with certain setbacks, like I haven't been sleeping that well. It's taken me a long time, clearly, but I am grateful. Not for the experience or the trauma it's caused me or the negative ways that trauma still affects me. My dreams can be kind of scary to the point where I don't even feel like they're dreams. My therapist calls it PTSD. Calls it PTSD. It's taken me a long t- time, clearly, but I am grateful. Not for the experience or the trauma it's caused me or the negative ways it still affects me. I'm grateful to be more aware of these sorts of triggers and how to navigate them which can sometimes be a double-edged sword because I don't know if a trigger will end up being a glimpse or a feeling of a bad memory that leads to something that feels unsafe or if it will be a situation that I can really push through and feel good about. Thank you for sharing so vulnerably. We can be grateful for trauma. I said I would share before the end of the show, so I will. Uh, many of you know this already if you've been listening. A new listener may not know this. Um, many years ago, I was incarcerated. I was incarcerated for ten and a half months. Uh, and during that time, it was, it was related to a financial charge at a software company that I used to run. That's a story for another day. Um, and through that, thank God, that, that legal process and battle, thank God, yeah, it was finally exonerated about a year ago, uh, 13 months ago, after a strong battle. But those 10 and a half months that I spent in pretrial incarceration were brutal. They were actually in the country that I'm doing this, this show from tonight in Colombia. And I was sexually assaulted by a group of, of men when I was in prison. And that was the greatest trauma of my life. And it was compounded by a broader, the broader kind of trauma of the ego of having that legal problem and of being incarcerated. And the combination brought me close to death, both literal uh, in the moments of assault and also, I guess both are literal, but also at my own hand later battling the depression and anxiety. I still do battle situational depression and anxiety that are residual from that event. However, I feel largely healed and I am now grateful for the way that that experience broke me apart, brought me down in a certain way, but then built me up in a more um, holistic way where I feel that I can connect more to others and live closer to my purpose, as I kind of alluded to before. So, Hannah, I'm with you in trauma. I understand what it is to be grateful for trauma. Thank you for sharing. Continue in your journey. Godspeed. Dimitri in the studio, I think we have a couple of voice notes that have been left here where people have, have called in. Can we play a couple of those? On this Thanksgiving Day, 2022, I want to share uh, what I'm thankful for. This is Oscar Tatosian from Chicago. And I'm thankful for my family who are our roots, source of roots and stability for our lives. And for my wonderful friends 
will enrich me and bring joy to each day. And my faith, which sustains and gives me hope. And finally, and all of these started with the letter F, is freedom. The freedom to express myself, live my life, especially here in the United States and all those nations that are free. So happy Thanksgiving to all, and I hope uh, you find some inspiration here. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Sean Stab. I'm a dear friend of Dove's, and um, I think on this Thanksgiving, I'm extremely grateful for my family and friends. Um, I'm a senior in high school, and I'm applying to college, and I think now more than ever, I'm starting to cherish every moment I have with my friends and my family, because I know it'll it's nearing our last moments together um, before I start this next chapter of my life, and I just want to give thanks to them for loving me and giving me something to love. So, um, happy Thanksgiving. I'm feeling gratitude for my wife. I'm feeling gratitude for my children. Thank God. <coughs> I'm feeling gratitude for the opportunity to be able to help people and raise people's spirits and help people find hope, comfort, light, love, meaning, and purpose, even in challenge, even in adversity, even in adversity, even in darker places. I'm grateful for the blessing that I was given to be able to uh, be there for so many in our community and beyond who, uh, you know, seek a deeper relationship with themselves and with God and with humanity. Thank you. That last one was from uh, Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, who's a, a great teacher and has been a guest on the show before. i share one that came in. I asked for a Christian brethren to send, to send in a note, and I got, I got my wish. So I'm going to read one from Reverend David Taylor, who writes, uh, Greetings, dear friend from Equal Footing. I hope that you have a fantastic time with your family, friends, and loved ones today as we all celebrate together this time of thanksgiving and gratitude. I am particularly grateful for the times that I've been able to be on the show. Yeah, we've loved having you on the show, Reverend Taylor, to share with you my experiences and insights. Many blessings to each and every one of you. The psalmist, many times alluded to uh, as an attitude for gratitude, said, I will, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercies endure forever. Together, we have the opportunity to learn from each other and grow towards the shalom that passes all of our enduring individual understanding, the peace of God. I encourage you to have hope and faith during all times that can seem dark. I believe that we are each the light, and we can each make a difference. Grace and peace to you all, Reverend David Taylor from Boca Raton, Florida. <laughs> Love that. Okay, Dimitri, I think we have time for one caller who's impatiently waiting. Can we get him on the air? Yeah. You're on. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. I'm grateful, to be honest with you, that the program is over. I'm grateful that uh, for 50 years, my country, who sent me to war and killed 50,000 people, they did that, and I have to be grateful for that. I'm grateful that, as we're talking today, yesterday, five people were killed. The day before that, another ten people were killed. Over 2,000 people were killed this year. I'm very grateful that millions of people have guns. I'm grateful about a lot of things in Thanksgiving. 
It's a great country. We have a lot to be thankful for and a lot not to be thankful for. That's it. Wow. Well, I asked for raw and authentic, and I got it. And I understand that emotion. In fact, coming into the show, I thought about a much darker perspective. And I can only hope that the thing, the pain that you're talking about is in some way abated. And I think to what we talked about earlier with purpose, all we can do is each of us try to be an individual light, as that reverend who just wrote in said, and as the Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson said before, before him. And I guess in that, I wish I would have had the opportunity for you to stay on the line, caller, and, and talk to you through that pain. Um, I There's a couple of quotes on gratitude that are on my screen in front of me, and one of them is from someone that experienced great darkness, um, the, the possibly the greatest in history, and that's uh, Elie Wiesel, and may his memory be a blessing. And even in through the crucible of, of what he lived, uh, through, uh, he constantly banged the drum of gratitude. Uh, my favorite quote around this from him is, for me, Elie Wiesel says, every hour is grace, and I feel gratitude in my heart each time I can meet someone and look at his or her smile. And I hope that in, um, in those times of distress and pain, and I honor caller your feeling others' pain. I think that's, that's a sign of nobility and goodness, uh, empathy and compassion. And so uh, I guess I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words, but I will uh, quote another couple of, of my favorite thinkers in this regard. One is Khalil Gibran. You know, my first name is Khalil. My first name is Khalil Dov Isasa Tazman. So it's a mouthful. And uh, I was named after a poet named Khalil Gibran. And he said, you pray in your distress and in your need. Would that you might pray also in the fullness of your joy and in your days of abundance. So I think we tend to focus, and I don't mean to belittle what you said, but we tend to focus, as I was in the plane, in a very, very small sense, on the pain and the distress. Um, and I guess it's just a reminder to also... Um, focus on the fullness of our joy and our abundance. And the, and I'll close with the great poet Maya Angelou, who wrote, Let gratitude be the pillow upon which you kneel to say your nightly prayer, and let faith be the bridge you build to overcome evil and welcome good. Gratit- I am grateful for this program. <laughs> I guess I'm also grateful it's over. <laughs> Love to all. We'll catch you next week. Thanksgiving is a special night. Jimmy Walker used to say dynamite. That's right. Turkey with gravy and cranberry. Can't believe the Mets traded Dallas strawberry. Turkey for you and turkey for me. Can't believe Tyson gave that girl BD. (laughs) 